TV Arc brought to you by the Arc E Network. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers. We are cutting in, uh, not, not interrupting, adding to your regularly scheduled programming here over on the TV Arc. Because uh, we, we got another show to talk about. Gavin and I haven't been on this feed since uh, Cobra Kai Season 2 dropped yeah. several, several weeks ago. But as you have seen, and the numbers have shown me, a lot of people have jumped on uh, TV Arc fairly recently. Because hmm. uh, Bending Not Breaking is just is blowing up all over the place. So thank you to Mr. Sunshine Mayfield and Mr. Ben Pruitt. Uh, hopefully you already listened to Episode 16 which just dropped earlier today, but it, it's Tuesday, so it's also got to be Too Old to Die Young Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could, yeah, yeah I could get with that. Yeah. Thursday didn't quite feel right. Yeah. It had to be a T. We only got That's two true. of them, so here we are. So hopefully uh, this might be an odd mix. I, I don't know fully what the Bending Not Breaking listenership base is. This may not be uh, up your alley. You may not even be aware of it. So we'll we'll start from the, the macro, and then at some point we will get into spoilers for this show. We're talking about Too Old to Die Young. It is the latest, and it's weird that we're even doing this on the TV arc feed, but it feels the most appropriate, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it technically is a we, T television we, show. We, it has may even, we may even do a simultaneous... Uh, double drop of this on the movie arc feed just because like even Ruffin himself will not nail down like what he he just says it's streaming it's just it's streaming hmm. it's a new thing but essentially it's a 13 hour movie from Nicholas Winding Ruffin okay uh, we talked about it a little bit over on the movie arc I think we may have even touched on it on our Cobra Kai episode because I've been so. excited about this for quite a while and this was just, you know, this year has been ridiculous, specifically for television oh, already. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know if you want to up top talk about some of the other stuff we've been watching, because we haven't been on here since Tuesdays. We did a little bit of that with Cobra Kai. Uh, we can maybe talk about that to start things with, and then maybe talk about our individual relationships to Refn and where we came into the series at, mm-hmm. and talk about overall thoughts. And then get into some spoiler territory. Uh, this will definitely not be the last time that we'll be discussing this because host of Bending Not Breaking, co-host, uh, Mr. Sunshine Mayfield, will be joining me at some point because he is also working his way through the series. I think he's got a few episodes left. He is, I would say, the most diehard other than myself uh, winning Refn fan on the site. But I know Gavin uh, likes at, at least a handful of his movies. I don't even know what you've seen. We'll get into that. How many should I have seen? You should have seen all of them. Which but, are? Uh, we'll, we'll get into it okay. in a minute. Okay. okay. So, uh, while we're here at the top, just discussing generally, did you watch Chernobyl No. on HBO? No. I feel like they were trying to make me watch it after wow. Game of Thrones ended, and I didn't. I don't like that. Trying to make you watch it? All the, okay. all the ads are like, hey, don't don't run away. Don't run away. Thrones well, is ending, just, but don't run away. That's just There's this in Euphoria. Him. And, like, I like Euphoria. Well, I have not I have not touched Euphoria yet. I watched so the first watch, two episodes. There's only one out, I thought. Isn't two tonight? Okay. How have you watched two? Did they do, like, two simultaneous drop i don't know whatever the i don't know which one i watched i just watched the first one you that there said was. you watched two. Oh well no then i watched one and as far as i know it started last week 
After Big Little Lies. Which That's the one I... Sorry, I watched two of that. I started watching that. The first season. I never saw it. You Okay, so you just dove into season two. You're not... No, I'm watching for the first season of Big Little Lies. I watched two episodes of that. You're going then back I to it forward. so you can catch yeah. up. Okay. Yeah, because all the whenever big shows are ending, they have these big things of like, oh, look at us. Look at the Emmys. Look what we did. Like, I mean, I get it. It's... You know, if you listen to uh, Business Wars, you can see where, like, all these decisions were made by HBO to put all this money and stuff. And I just love it because it's like, we know the shit's good, but they got to keep reminding the people that are paying, yo, we get Emmys, the shit's good. Okay, yeah, this big show's ending, but we got this around the corner for you. But it isn't the heyday. It isn't the Sex and the City Sopranos wire days there's it's like still uncharted territory for them in releasing shows that they have no idea what they're going to do so they get people yeah. to watch like crashing came out and i loved crashing and they gave it what two seasons i i don't know i didn't watch it yeah and it's canceled now and it's like that was great that was fun and but Veep just ended yeah, silicon it, valley i think is ending after this forthcoming season yeah. so they're losing some of their comedies they got righteous gemstones they've got pretty much any mcbride property yeah. For eternity, it seems, which I'm totally on board with. Um, but yeah, no, this is a transitional year where it's like, uh, and Westworld won't be back until 2020. A lot of people, I think, felt burned by season two, but I feel like they've already done a good job of starting to course correct just with the first trailer they released, which I believe was on the eve of the Game of Thrones finale. And it was, this doesn't look anything like the show that you knew before. Here's Aaron Paul what even is this show and only reveals itself to you in the last like few seconds of oh, this is Westworld season three. So, so I got to catch up on both of those. Um, season two is a little rocky. Season one of Westworld is one of the best singular seasons of television I've ever seen. That's what people keep telling. So totally worth your time. But I will say like at the end of two, I was basically like, I will come back for a season three, but it is almost begrudgingly because, uh, well, then maybe we I'm going to love it. it because I feel like every season, every second season of an HBO property that people don't like, I love. Okay. Every Name game. one other than <laughs> True Detective Season 2. Uh, what what else are we talking about The here? Sopranos is my favorite season of Season 2. Okay. Um, game of Thrones my favorite season of Season 2. That's... Te- nobody says... Curb shit, nobody th- says. Literally, Kevin. Curb Your season Enthusiasm. Season 2 is my favorite season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Okay. Curb Your Enthusiasm, one of my Three faves. is the best season of that show, unequivocally. The Leftovers. It's not a conversation. Season three is the best season. The Leftovers is good. Season two is great with that. Uh, season two of The Leftovers is, like, I've talked about this before. Season two of The Leftovers. Season two of Atlanta. Twin Peaks, Third Turn. Uh-huh. Those are my three favorite seasons of television, if you can even call Twin the- Peaks television. Yeah. And uh, there's a there's another one that's added to that list that we'll talk about in just a few. Yeah, I was gonna. Okay. So I was trying to lead you into that transition. Yeah, but I don't want to go there yet. Okay. Uh, I'm loving Big Little Lies. I, I, we'll talk, I guess, when you catch up. Mm-hmm. So you're only two into season one. Mm-hmm. Okay, season or excuse me, episode four is. <sighs> okay. Okay. Just you'll get to it finale is amazing but you're hooked right i mean yeah great structure of hey a murder happened but like we're not we're we're vaguely referencing Who gives it. A shit right now yeah. well but also as you're gonna see we're simultaneously building up like 
you know, five or six different individual conflicts that it's like, who got killed? Seriously, who's dead? Like, who got killed? Because it could go, like, five or six different ways right now. And that is the great tension of the show and the dri- the driving force and everything. What slips in there, starting in episode four, if I'm not mistaken, is Nicole Kidman giving just, like, flat out one of the best performances I've ever seen in anything. That was my performance of the year that year. Like, across television, movies, and the actor, way it, actress, male, if you even want to make that divide, she just, she is astounding. In and the way it too. looks right now, it looks like she heard you say her name, and she's like, huh, what? Oh, she, yeah, she's over, <laughs> she's my, she's over my shoulder. The, right the way the Eyes Wide Shut poster looks in this room, yeah. she's like, oh, you're talking about me? Yeah, for me, per, I mean, she's been incredible. Weird take, but Birth would be up there as well. But I, I think Big Little Lies is her best work since Eyes Wide Shut. But I know even that statement is like, people are like, what? You think that's her best? I... Flawless performance in mm-hmm. that movie. Anyways, okay. I mean, so and before I, that, you I'm, got I'm Chase loving Meridian. it. And you've got, you, yeah. We, I, we could do a, are you kidmaning me? <laughs> you got to be kidmaning you, you gotta, me? You got to be kidmaning me. Kidmaning. You got to be kidmaning. Kidmaning. Kid Manning. Kid Manning. <laughs> I will figure it out. Cruising, All I will cruising say, with Kidman. You gotta catch up. Cruising with Kidman because oh, she used God. to be and married. And we do both of their filmography. Yes, just every movie they were in together. Oh, I thought three we did all of their movies individually leading up to and then away from each other. Yes. <laughs> that would be really cool. How they it's like a giant meet, X. Like, yeah, how they meet yes. and cross and then they and then they're done. Yeah. Did you know Miles Taylor's going to be Add in Top Gun Add it to the too? docket. Yeah, I know he's in there. Okay, cool. You know who else is in there? The uh, ghost of Anthony Edwards. <laughs> Anthony Edwards isn't dead, though. Yeah, he is. In the movie, he is. Yeah, but no, not I'm saying, life. but if, seriously, if he doesn't, if we don't have like a, oh my God, do they get, they should just do some Marvel like face wizardry and let, let him be in it again. And we just have like, you know, here were the moments we didn't show you right before, like that happened here's like a lost scene oh no the dude. moment before i want him i and want then... him on an aircraft carrier looking out into the ocean thinking and like a ghost full-on anthony <laughs> edwards visit like or just or it's like a it's like a creepy like um like a well i'm not gonna say mr brooks because that's the that's a one thing oh i didn't tell you i watched mr brooks from that other why? episode we just did because it, it was all, dude it was I all in mr. Florida. brooks in the theater dude it that was, was a that was a total like i'm i can go see pg-13 movies on my own this is pg-13 no it was rated r much. no it wasn't yeah mr. Brooks. i swear to god i thought it was a pg-13 it's rated r um, I, I guess i just saw that with mom then maybe i don't when know did that come out it was on in why Florida. did i see it it was on in Florida, so when I got back and realized, oh, it was on HBO, not Cinemax, I was like, I'll keep up with it. It was kind of neat for a little bit. I mean... That's 2007. The whole Demi Moore so plot. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was like, I was just now able to go see. Yeah, because I would have been about to turn 21, and you were about to turn 20, and you would have been... Yeah, it would have been that... Yeah, you'd have been... 17, 18. I feel like that movie probably had a killer trailer too. Probably. It was like trash, but I remember seeing it. And you heard Dane Cook was in it, and you were like, holy shit. It's my favorite comedian. I think I was beyond (laughs) that phase. But anyway, what was I saying? Mr. Brooks? Oh, yeah. Just that you watched it. That's the Well, I watched that. How did I. How did I go? I love that you brought up a movie when we're now on the TV. It's because that's my calling card. But what what were we talking about to get to that? It was on in Florida. 
How did I get to? I was trying to talk about Big Little Lies, but I don't no, know. No, it wasn't that. I literally, we're talking about Top Gun. Yeah. Oh, well, or like, don't even do it as like a ghost thing. Do it as like, he can still, he, Goose is still with him. Okay. The Much the way that William Hurt, I just mentioned Body Heat, is with that, Kevin Costner. Oh. But like, in that movie, Kevin, it's Kevin Costner's like ego, like his id, it, hey, his dark passenger, so to speak. If you're going to pull from a movie. Pull from Mr. Brooks, if well, we've learned anything. Well, what other movies are there where, like, there's people that are dead, but they don't... I don't know. Can oh, we, can we okay. Oh, no, this this no, this no, transitions perfectly into what, what we were talking about just a minute ago. I watched a Twilight Zone episode. I've been watching old Twilight Zone episodes. It's the second not, episode... Not the new series. No, no, the old one. Okay. It's the second episode ever. And it's this guy who's a pitch man who, like, sells things out of a, a suitcase. And Death comes to visit him. Mm-hmm. And Death is the fucking mayor from Jaws. Okay. Really young. But, like, you get that, like, okay, like, as an audience now, you get, okay, this guy's Death. And, like, before everything is ever said, this guy's already in his apartment. It's like, oh, this guy's Death and no one else can see him but this man that he's talking to. But when you get the line of, wait a minute, the little girl comes to his door. It's like, you don't see the nice man. There's just no, what are you talking about? You're like, Oh fuck. Like you're, that's supposed to be the big moment, but you do it like that. Like nobody else can see goose, but Maverick, that's it. Okay. I was trying to wrap it around the stuff we've been watching TV wise. So like, <coughs> you know, twilight zone, been watching a few of those, watch nightmare at 30,000 feet. Still holds up. Still creepy as fuck. Richard Matheson, top of his game. Okay. Can't beat it. <laughs> All right, um, just stuff we haven't covered on mic. I don't think we mentioned these during Cobra Kai. Um, Afterlife, the new Ricky Gervais show on Netflix. Thoroughly enjoyed the first season. I vouch for it, even if you're on the fence about him in general. I think it's one of the better things he's ever done, and uh, I think you would dig it. It's very short. Uh, yeah, check it out. I know we both watched. I think you should leave. Yes, Tim Robinson. Which we both Fucking wholeheartedly hilarious. endorse. Uh, just got renewed for season two, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So uh, go check that show out if you haven't. Uh, probably. It, for me, it scratches that um, that Eric Andre and uh, Tim and Eric Awesome show itch in terms of the like tone and brand of comedy, but it is still like. Tim Robinson is a very unique individual unto himself. The main thing that that show made me want to do is go watch Detroiters, which I've never seen an episode of, but that was his Comedy Central show with his buddy. Um, just I think it ran for like now. two or three seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Because so, that came out and then he got on SNL, or did he leave SNL I to do that? I think he was writing on SNL while Detroiters was happening, something like that. Uh, I'm not sure, but he's he's definitely a huge discovery for me this year. And that is produced by Jorma, I think, from uh, Jorma Tacone from Lonely Island, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, really, really glad that that show exists. Uh, staying on the on the comedy tip, uh, Broad City wrapped up earlier this year. I finally finished it and caught back up. I thought it was a great final season, great send-off. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, love those characters, and I, I thought the... The actual, like, literally, like, the final moments of the show, I thought were, like, a great, just, like, just, just kind of note perfect. I yeah. loved it. Okay. Um, Barry. 
Oh. You watch Barry. I don't think we talked about Barry season two. Um, it, it's it's definitely circling the top top slot for best things I've seen this year. The Society. I, I watched absolutely. It. Oh, okay. I've heard a little bit about the Society. I have not touched it yet. Have you? Have you already watched all of it? All of it. Okay. Let, I know the basic premise. Kids are on what a f- school trip. They come back. Everybody in the town's gone, or all the adults are gone. Everyone but the people well, who left without, on the bus are gone. No, okay. no other, no other little children. It's essentially okay, so the high everybody's school. gone. So it's literally high, the high school is now it's Lord of the, the Flies. society. Okay, it's a re- modern retelling of Lord of the Flies with a sci-fi twist of what happened to them, how did they get here, what are they gonna do? Okay, you know, and you get like island. Not I want to say so, island politics, but it become it devolves <laughs> into like what are we? When what we know is gone, do we just do what we want or do we actually try to mimic that? And like, I guess you could ask how valuable is society Mm -hmm. to you, which I think is the question you can also ask what thing we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, But not to cut you off about Barry, I didn't mean to. I just I blurted it out because I saw it in the what I recently watched because it's not that I forgot about it. I've been hearing like it's it's enjoyable. And if you you know, are down for some of the more like teen soap opera elements of it. Like that it's, it's a really fun watch. I will tell you the one thing I want you to look for. Think about it. There is a psychopath kid in this show. And one of the things that people talk about is there is a, there is a actual death person on the show that like is signing and all that. But the, his brother, I swear to God, that kid is the second coming of Corey Haim. Okay. I just see it in his face. I see it in the way he he's British, but I've seen the way he delivers his lines. I'm like, that kid is fucking Corey Haim reincarnated in this role. Now, maybe he's done other stuff on that. He just looks terrible, but I just got that straight up, like, license to drive Lost Boys vibe from the way he was delivering everything that you could slot him into those roles, and I would not know the difference between the two. Um, but, yeah, fucking Barry, the way they ended that was brilliant. Yeah. Um, they should just keep making we, those. We, yes, we can talk in general circumstances, but like the, because if you haven't gotten to it, do that first of all. Yeah. But um, you know, the first season ends on such a crazy cliffhanger of like, okay, where do we go from here? The way that they spun the plot off for season two from that, incredible to begin with, and then. They still managed to circle back around and have yet another moment where I'm like, I do, like, what? How do we have a show after this? Where is it gonna go? Holy shit! And boom, you know, credits happen, <laughs> and it's it's kind of that Breaking Bad thing of like constantly finding itself like into painting him into a corner and then finding interesting ways out of it, yeah. like to drive the plot more so than like we have this overarching thing or like goal that we're trying to get to. It feels very much like they write in the moment with the character of like, what's the most dramatic trajectory or like obstacle to introduce to him at any what was given your, what moment. What was your favorite scene? And if you then, can think of one. Well, my favorite episode standalone is, uh, I think it's episode five. I forget. And I cannot remember the title of it right now, but it's the one where he's essentially sent on a hit to kill um, the husband of the partner. <laughs> oh, God. Um, of, again, I started saying stuff, and it's going to like spoil season one, Ronnie. so I'm, I'm still talking general. But <laughs> basically, Barry's forced into a situation where he has to kill this guy. 
not knowing until he gets there, arrives on the scene, and kind of takes a look around that the guy is like a championship martial artist. Hey, what's up with all these Taekwondo trophies? Decides. Oh, okay. Has decides kind of before he heads in there. He's not want. He's trying to you know not kill people. And so he's like, hey, I've got a car outside, man. Like, if you just leave town, like, we're all good. I was sent here to kill you, but, like, I don't want to do it. Try to give you a second chance. But the whole time, you're just like. He is so much where, bigger than him. And you see yeah, all the, just, this whole fucking wall of, like, Olympic yes. medals and trophies. You're like, so, he would fucking murder you if you didn't have a gun right now. So they start fighting. They have a knockdown drag out brawl. Barry kind of survives by yeah. he can't breathe. Exactly. Barry <laughs> kind of so survives bad. by the skin of his teeth. Unbeknownst, like, um, it's kinda of like the Kill Bill volume one scene where it's like the kid's coming home from school. Yeah. But the kid is like even more intense than her dad and starts whooping Barry's that, ass. It's like a feral animal. Like, I don't the, think she's even yeah. human, man. The whole episode pretty much takes place like in real time. We're not yeah. cutting away to anything else. We're just on this journey with him and Fuchs. And the way that it escalates and then at the very end of the episode manages to like Wrap clear up, up so many line. loose ends, yes. give you a trajectory forward and a moment of just like, holy, holy shit, how did I not see that? Like wrapping up like perfectly. It doesn't feel like a cheat no, at all. At it all. feels totally earned. Yeah. And it's just, it was so satisfying. And one of just... One of the most surreal episodes of the series and where it started to me to kind of almost move into that magical Atlanta territory where you're just like, this is like heightened reality slash surreality mm-hmm. in a way that I've never quite seen before. And it, it touches that like level of excellence for me, specifically that episode. And then again, the rest of the season is just immaculate dude henry winkler i think he won the emmy last he year did, yeah. he better get it again uh steven root destroy like every that's the great thing is like hater is such a great anchor and like so invested in the character to begin with but anywhere else that you point the camera in terms of side characters like i'm totally invested in what's going on with them because their performances are off the charts <laughs> noho hank is one of my new favorite characters in all of Buddy. TV. He's just, he's just great, <laughs> he's so man. fucking good. He's so much fun. Um, yes, I'm trying to buy table, recently, but like table for cocaine. I gotta look look this up real quick. He's uh, Mr. Some... Sunshine Mayfield sent me a post about this, and I had just seen the link. He is... He's in something else big, wasn't he? Like people, I remember when I found out who he was, I was like, oh my god, it's that dude? But I can't remember what it was that he was he in. He is the villain in the new Bill and Ted. Oh, shit. Bill and Ted 3, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yeah, he's going to be the villain. I, I I was already excited for that movie. What else has he I been in? I now uh, cannot wait. I feel like we talked about this once before, but I forget what big... Was it Gotham or was it something else he was on? Um... I can't remember. I'm not sure. God, he's fucking hilarious. My But my favorite scene... Is where the acting on stage in Gene Cousinelle's like theater, where Barry and his girlfriend like she they actually like get it and bring it, and it like puts everybody in all, just everything building up to that. He, he was on Gotham as Zaz. Sorry. Zaz, okay. And, and what else? Uh, he's also been on The Flash as well. 
mostly just TV from what I'm seeing. No big film roles, but it, obviously he's he's been blowing up just in the last two seasons of this okay. alone. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to It's Anthony Kerrigan is his name. Okay. Um, Kerrigan! Yeah. Okay. Um, just a few more, and then we'll get into it. Because, uh, yeah, we don't have all the time in the world. But, um... Obviously, we mentioned Thrones. I was not satisfied. Can leave it at that. Uh, Black Mirror. Have you and I talked on Mike about this? I've only seen two. I'm waiting to watch the last one <clears throat> with Miley Cyrus. Maybe save that for a later date. But uh, yeah. I, the, the weakest and kind of kind of a letdown. I think the weakest season overall, and happens to house arguably the worst episode of the entire series. We can talk about that another time. The last thing I want to shout out before we transition. Uh, Fleabag Season 2, which is also on Amazon Prime, as is Too Old to Die Young. Uh, it's brief. It's only six episodes. You can also watch the first season, which is very brief. It's also six episodes. You could watch the whole series in an afternoon. I recommend that you space it out a little bit, but you will want to binge this show. If you get into it, I would say watch the pilot. You will know if it's for you or not. Uh, season 2 specifically, that's... That's one of the things that's in contention with Barry and uh, Chernobyl for just like the best things of the year. Television is amazing right now. With that in mind, let's talk about something that is decidedly not television and not a movie. Uh, Too Old to Die Young. It's the new Amazon Prime. We can still call it a series. It's a Prime series. Yeah. But... From everything that I understand, it is a standalone. It's these 13 hours, that's it. I don't think we're getting a season two. I would totally be down for it if we did. But I don't think that that is any, anywhere near happening, ever. So, call it a limited series. Call it a 13-hour movie. I call it my my single favorite thing I've seen this year, flat out. Yeah. Uh, personally. So... We'll we'll get to the show itself. Talk to me a little bit about your relationship to Refn before coming into this. Obviously, I know you like Drive. Um, <laughs> well, I really didn't know him. I met him on a dating site, and he just seemed really nice. But then he told me he was colorblind, and I was like, <laughs> okay, man. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, I mean, I Drive was good. I watched Only God Forgives. Um... And I thought, okay, this is going to be a new directing duo, you know, like a Scorsese, De Niro, Scorsese, uh, DiCaprio kind of thing. Because here's this guy's been in Drive, now this. And then we get to the Neon Demon, and um, I really didn't understand it the first time around. And, and then I, I kind of listened to what he talked about it, and, and going into it again the second time is like, oh, he just thinks that models are like, the modeling industry is just full of like evil and when Jenna Malone asks, are you sex or are you food? Like, it makes complete sense now. But not knowing it, not going into it, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. But, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. This I'm kind of back and forth on because I f I'm trying to, I'm not trying to figure out what it's about. I'm trying to figure out what it's trying to tell me. Because I don't necessarily think it's about anything. I think it's just about, it just shows you this thing. It's like a, it's not about something. It's like a commentary on something. If that makes any sense, 
how was that not about something if it's commentating on something? Because I don't think it's telling me. It's not trying to, like, it's not a reaction to something. It's just, like, a way he sees it. You see what I'm saying? It's not like he's about this. Like, oh, I'm about this or that. I'm about, you know, the pro-right or the pro-left or, like, the death of society and this. It's just the commentary of what he sees in the world and a way that he relates to it through his lens in which how he sees his work. Like, themes that he is in tune with in the world and, like, visually how he processes the way he feels about them in this narrative. Like, I think he doesn't give a shit about the the systems we've created for our society when it comes to law and order. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely think, I feel like he thinks, you know, police are a joke. Yeah. More than, I mean, there's other instances besides this show, but I feel like that. I feel like he does, the whole speech about, like, society being dead and it's going to die off and we're going to become this thing, like, when they're kind of looking at the night, him talking to... Um, okay, you're literally just diving into the series we've provided no context whatsoever yeah, yeah, for anybody but, that but has still, no but still but I'm just saying that's what I just that's an example but I just feel like this is him basically saying society as we know now for whatever reason is kind of fucked and it's done with and here's how I interpret that does that make sense no okay not, I yeah I I get some of what you're saying okay. I just don't I don't know, man. Okay. Well, tell me, because maybe I'm maybe I'm not looking at it the right way. Maybe I should be in. A, I mean, this is what I got watching it the first time, trying to like make sense of it all. And again, we're we come from two different view. Like, well, this is why I was trying to ask you about how you relate to him as a filmmaker, what you think about him before you sat down to watch this. Oh, I thought it was. That's why I oh, was not okay. going into the show at all yet. Okay. Okay, so as far as that concerns, what what have you seen of his? What do you like? What do you struggle with? Okay. What is your level of interest and or fandom? Okay, let's start there. What movie should I have seen from him besides Drive, Neon Demon? Arguably, and... you should have seen anything that interested you. Like, obviously, you weren't compelled to go watch everything he's ever done. Which which is what by what you've seen, he started with the Pusher trilogy. Okay. Okay. Starring Mads Mikkelsen, at least for the first two. Okay. Um, well, now I gotta watch those. I didn't know he made them. I'm you. I did not hear the words Bronson come out of your mouth once. Have you not seen Bronson? I have. I forget that that's him. Okay. Then you have Valhalla Rising. Yeah. Also with Mads Mikkelsen. Okay. This is building up to Drive, which is like the breakthrough hit and everything. In addition to the Pusher trilogy, he had Bleeder, which I still have never seen. It's kind of like the Lost movie or whatever, from what I understand. And then there's Fear X, which was like his first American debut with John Turturro, which apparently was like recut, taken away from him, et cetera, et cetera. It's one of those scenarios. Yeah. So Drive is kind of, that's why I was trying to figure out your relationship, like your, I'm assuming that's where you came into him at, like discovered him and then were or were not interested in checking out other stuff. And you talked a little bit about Only God Forgives. Has Is that one you've only seen once? Twice. Okay. What do you make of that? Because I feel like that is 
that and Neon Demon are the keys to your level of enjoyment of Too Old to Die Young. I don't. You could speak freely. I'm trying to th- no. I'm trying to think of how I feel about because I mean I've watched both of those. All, well, I most recently seen the Demon, but I watched Only God Forgives twice, but it was a long time ago. I mean, visually from both of them, they're stunning. Everything he's made to me is fucking beautiful. Right. Stunning. You temper that with an amazing synth-based score, with some elements of like other traditional what you consider like music not not nothing based from a synthesizer but the the way that the way that characters are in every one of these movies there's just some kind of like some kind of like underlying thing in each one of them that I'm like I I they they feel natural but completely unnatural at the same time mhm like whether it's the hero in drive, the driver in drive, or Gosling in, I don't know the names, and and only God forgives, or Julian, not Ju- that it matters, Julian, yeah. yeah, and then even the two, can I can I say witches? Is that okay? Like witches in in a neon demon? You can say that if that's what you think they are. I mean, yeah, I totally think they are. Okay, I think they're new age witches, but like okay. even the witches and the little girl in and the new the new the new sensation, even Desmond, what's his face? What's his last name? From uh, Dexter. Desmond something? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, even I him as the photographer, like barely, again, he barely says anything in that movie. I just feel like he's one of these people that there's so much... Harrington. Harrington, yeah. So there's so much given to people just by like the mise sin alone and where he chooses to put a camera that I think he's probably one of those people that's like, I don't need a fuck ton of dialogue to get my point across. You know? Right. And going into that, I was like, that's great. But then there are some, there's like all this dialogue and stuff in this that I'm not, I'm just not used to. I'm sure pound for pound total minutes, it's about the same as a regular one of his movies. If you stretch it out over 13 hours, there's enough dialogue in that 13 hours to be the same amount of dialogue that's in Drive, only got and only got well drive a neon demon there's like almost no dialogue to me i feel like and only god forgives at least on the main character's point no, of view there is hardly any dialogue yeah um it gives you literally just enough to like move the plot forward um but that, and then tells most of it visually and you're just like you're either on its wavelength or you're not it's also one of those movies that uh is is an hour and a half that can also feel like it's like two and a half oh hours yeah long. definitely yeah no um but if you've seen it a handful of times what you start to realize is it really moves like it's a it's a well-paced movie mm-hmm. but it has a dream kind of fever dream like quality to it um i feel like you feel start to feel the length a lot more in neon demon which is if i'm not mistaken his longest movie prior to this 13 hour yeah endeavor. i think so um I and can I feel see like where he's feel, leading to you this. feel the length. That. That's what I'm saying. I feel like you need the building blocks of only God forgives kind of worldview and outlook on existing within a palette of essentially 
um, corruption, irredeemable characters, though. Yes. The idea of I have nothing to grasp onto or seemingly nothing to grasp onto in terms of a traditional protagonist that I can get behind. I feel like that is essential when you get to two old style. No, definitely. Okay. And also blending, again, the kind of neon drenched aesthetic that you associate with Drive and Only God Forgives. And oddly enough, Neon Demon is where you really start to see him expand a little bit with these desert landscapes, which you're going to see a lot more of in Too Old to Die Young. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, expanding a little more beyond interiors and like set decoration and everything. Um, So all, all things I think are worth charting as we move into the series. Here's, I've been waiting to do this. Hey, brother, why don't you give us plot time for Too Old to Die Young? Just give us a, give us the briefest of outlines. Okay. What, what is the plot of Too Old to Die Young? You have 30 seconds. A young heir to a Mexican cartel mows down a black cop. You find out that his white partner, who's also in bed with the black cop, decides, okay, I got to try and track this down. And eventually, uh... He gets involved with a, a lady who works for Victims Advocacy who basically just tells an ex-FBI agent where to go kill pedophiles, and they all kind of meet up and kind of almost intervene for a little bit. But then again, all of his bad decisions come back to haunt him, and we're left with the high priestess of death essentially coming to fruition and murdering everyone. Good. <sighs> I think that's probably your best best ever. You said only had 30 seconds. No, yeah, you killed it. Okay, uh, yeah, so... Sensibly, I should have watched two. This is an an LA crime story. Oh, god, with a lot of elements of noir. Oh, so is this the real LA takedown? Is this what you're saying? Too old to die young is a real life LA. I thought thought about literally just subbing this in for the LA takedown episode, yeah, seriously, but it could work. I might tack it on. It might be a double release of that and this on the movie arc, and then Benny Not Breaking and this on the TV arc. We'll see. Okay, so. We have what you would naturally assume is your lead character, your protagonist, Miles Teller, playing Martin Jones, a very, very young, almost babyish looking police officer. Yeah. Okay. We're introduced to him, you know, extremely like dipping your toe into a bath sort of scenario of an episode of, yeah. the, of in terms of pace. Notably, at Cannes, and to most critics, he released episodes four and five, specifically. So in the midst of this 13-hour series, he dropped them dead in the center of it, with little to no context, and that that was what was presented for reviews and... That was what was screened at Cannes. He basically edited those two episodes together and a little bit of stuff on either side and delivered like a two-hour and 20-minute movie. I'd be interested to see what he actually showed. Yeah, no, that'd be dope. But, so yeah, having seen the series, keep that in mind. What he chose to show people were four and then five, which is arguably the best standalone episode, but also the roughest and one of the most intense of the entire 13 hours. What's five? Does he go to New Mexico? Five is going to New Mexico. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm just trying to get my bearings because I should have watched 
two. I honestly... We'll, we'll get to an area where you and I can have spoilers, and again, yeah. this is not going to be the most in-depth discussion. This will be multi-parts. Mayfield's coming in at some point. You and I can touch on this more because I am also if I find in the midst of rewatching it, it. I'll talk et cetera, to them too. Et yeah, I want to keep it a little vague initially because I'm hoping more people will be inspired to check it out, and then maybe we can have a little bit of a, a fan discussion because there's mm-hmm. not that much out there about it right now. And then we can hit him up and yeah. see if he'll talk to us about it. Sure. He did an exclusive... I, the only interview I think that he has given podcast-wise was for Joe Blow. Um, and, like, notably has not been on the normal, like... Circuit that NPR people do. circuit and, like, other stuff you Which I do, I do like that, yeah. that it is hashtag... NWR, which is a whole other thing that I can explain to you later. He basically has his own free streaming service of stuff that's curated by him that you can, all you have to do is sign up for it and then you just have it. I know, that's, I, 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 I looked into that. Um, I think that's fucking amazing. Yeah. He, yeah. Okay, so basic plot outline. We have a cop who were introduced to the idea very early that he's he's dirty, or at least a little dirty. Mm-hmm. Or doesn't, you know, just kind of turns his eyes the other way when some shit's about to go down. Anyways. He's part of also this criminal underworld where apparently he and his partner uh, have been doing hits for a local gangster that partner is killed very early on this is within like the first 15 to 20 minutes of the episode and we hear that it's about this this prior incident that went down so we're already questioning like okay what's the deal with miles teller character blah blah blah. but he seems like the better of the two of these guys Mm -hmm. for sure because his partner from the get-go i mean the opening the monologue of this series is literally about I'm, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to kill her I'm gonna have to kill my mistress because she's about to ruin my my marriage yeah that is the jumping off point and I think that's very key for if you're looking for themes and what the show is ultimately gonna be about um it's all kind of encapsulated right here in this first scene and Martin's response to it Miles Teller's response I think is very key as well we can get into all of those details later He's killed. This sets off a chain of events where he's trying to investigate the murder of his partner, which he's kind of indifferent towards. Um, in parallel, we see the murderer, Jesus, and what's going on with him? He retreats back down to Mexico, mm-hmm. and his narrative is getting built up. But for the most part, we're sticking with Miles Teller. Okay. By the end of the first episode... How are you feeling about this guy? Around the time that uh, he's just, you know, cruising by high school. <laughs> listen. Revealed listen, within no, the first listen, hour and a half no, of just, this series. Listen, Go ahead, Captain. I've talked to you before about how I think the weekend can make you love strippers <laughs> and hate them all in the same time. This man, this writer-director... Nicholas in our what is it NWR NWR which is kind of neat um, simultaneously can make you root for someone and want them to like succeed and be and do their thing but also make you want to rip every piece of your skin off to get away from what you're watching <laughs> there are no good men in this 
world and that I he think, creates. I think that's what it firmly establishes within the first episode. With the exception is, of John Hawks. I don't have any problems with him whatsoever. Yes. We'll, we could talk about Hawks in a second. But it is introduced within the first hour and a half of this 13-hour endeavor that Miles Teller, who you're again assuming is your, your hero cop, if you will, has has been dating a 17-year-old since the time she was 16, who he met in the wake of her mother's possible suicide, question mark, uh, but on the scene of the accident that led mm-hmm. to her mother's untimely death. Okay, In the wake of that, he started dating a 16-year-old. He is 30 in the context of this show. Uh, also, by the end of the first episode, we're introduced the idea that, like, Hey, he's kind of being fast tracked to become a detective. For yeah, it's like if you saw these promos and you were like, Miles Teller is a fucking detective. Like what? The show is acknowledging that, like, no, he's he's young, he's baby faced, but he's basically fast tracked by the the chief to uh to the detective slot. Okay, so we have that going forward. You then take a giant detour. No, big down, drive down south. Yes, down to Mexico for an hour and a half. Okay? You get Jesus, you get what's going on with the cartel, his family, and the introduction of, uh, spoiler alert, or, hey, pay attention to this alert, uh, if you're starting the series from this point forward, we're introduced to Yuritsa, who Yuritza. is, uh, I think, the most important character in the entire show. Of course. And the best performance in the entire show. And I think Christina Rodlo is a a, just a fucking star now. Um, I don't, I I have not seen her in anything else, but I have seen her filmography and definitely like she's been she's been blown up just in the last couple years. And I want to catch up with some of this stuff. She absolutely blew me away. I think all of the performances in this series are incredibly dialed in to what this show is. Yeah. I think everybody is 100% on board for it. Uh, she is doing something even beyond that, which is just like she's magnetic to watch on screen. It is amazing. And she has a, a what I think is great character to back it up. Oh, okay? yeah. So we're introduced to all that, and then we go back over to, you know, north of the border, and we get martin jones uh kind of beginning to try and find a a new path forward from what he's been essentially trapped in yeah um yeah so without going beat by beat for all the plot elements and everything because i don't want to spoil everything what's kind of your journey with the show how'd you feel about the pace how'd you feel like we can talk about favorite characters we can talk about where it goes overall um did you find it uh, a chore to get through did you devour it fairly quickly etc and we will basically say from this point forward uh some spoilers might crop up i mentioned it earlier in the episode this is a 10 out of 10 for me this is my favorite thing i've seen this year i i think it contains multitudes and so much that we can talk about that's why we will continue to chat about it here on the tv arc and probably on the movie arc as well so uh if you have dived in Hit us up, thearchivy at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking, like, as you're working your way through it. If you've already finished it, let us know your overall take, if you thought it was worth your time, etc., etc. And if you're just kind of on the fence or curious, you know, follow along as we 
talk more about it. Yeah. But uh, thearchive at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Instagram at thearchive network, on Twitter at thearchive. Uh, we're also on Facebook, which Gavin handles. Uh, just search thearchive network. And uh, I think that's all the usual places. Uh, if you if you enjoy this and the other stuff that we do, you can go to our Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash the arc of e and you can donate for as little as a dollar a month that gets you access to our ad-free archives that's uh carpenter revisited the show that started things here on the network that is the only place you can hear carpenter revisited also got a couple other exclusive bonus episodes and cool things going on over there so uh check that out and uh now we'll move back into too old to die young so oh take take me take me through it how quickly did you watch it Oh, it took me like three days. It's because three days it, total. Okay. Well, it's because every over. episode is an hour and, and thirty five minutes, or an hour and thirty seven minutes and twenty two seconds. Like it's there's no, I can carve out an hour for anything at night, but I would get through stuff and then an episode would end and I hop into the next one because Amazon is oh you're still doing this. Um, it's not as pretentious yes, as notably Netflix. the first night I watched the first episode. Because, okay, it was supposed to come out on a Friday, and then it was just all of a sudden up. Like, I figured it would be a midnight or 3 a.m. thing, mm-hmm. and I just went and looked, and it was like, it, it's already on here. And I was like, how long has this been up? Like, how long could I have been watching this prior? So, we throw on the first episode. Veronica watches, like, the first 35, 40 minutes with me. And she taps out because she's got to go to bed. I finish it, and I'm, like, totally invested. I start episode two. Episode two is all in Spanish. Mm-hmm. You can't stay and awake for that. It, it, I, and I'm engaged. I am in a very trance-like state, which the show continually puts you in. If you are vibing with it and you're invested, the the pace, I feel like, works much in the same way that the only parallel to the show, Twin Peaks The Return, uh, works, which is if, it, if it's slow, it's slow. It, you know, seemingly, it may be for no purpose or effort, but it's... It's all about the mood, and it's about, A, him being in 100% control. If he's slowing things down or pacing it out this way, it's because he's setting you up. Come. He's setting you up for something a few beats from now, and or he's setting you up for the delay of that payoff. Like you And you find the rhythms of it as you stick with the show, okay? Anyways, I so I fade out probably like 45, 50 minutes into episode two, and then it played like through episode six or something i wake up at like you know 5 30 in the morning and i'm like oh shit what's going on yes yeah, stop and that, it immediately and i'm like okay, and that explains how far am I gone? that yeah. explains why when i started it that night i started with two and i thought oh bold move man i haven't even seen miles jumped, teller it jumped you back into like where, where I you fell at. off at yeah. yeah but but it had shown me where you had killed all of them i was like oh damn he's way ahead of me like when i first yeah, looked at it friday morning i was like Oh damn! He watched all of them last night. He must not have had to work late or nothing or disordered. The, the one big thing I do want to say up front also is, if you if you do decide to watch it in order, which I recommend that you do, even though he is out there telling people I don't care what a, what order you watch it in. I don't care if you watch all thirteen hours. You can dive in anywhere, see if you like it, and then approach it however you want to. I think there's only one real structural key you could do with this. You can watch episodes one. And then three, four, and five, and then jump back and watch episodes two, and then six, but then seven, eight, nine, and ten, you need to watch in order. Yeah. 
So you can 10, you though. can do those separate, like, and the, see you you fucked up. Period by separating ten from anything. What do you you mean? should have just watched nine straight into ten. Watched it as a hour and a half block. Well, I tried to when I fell asleep. No, I I understand, but I'm saying that's how that should be watched because otherwise, I feel like you judge the final episode completely differently. I put the final episode. The final episode could be the first episode, as far as I'm concerned. No. With everything that she's spewing and talking about will happen. If you look at it, if you hear that first, after she's danced, done to, done what she's done and danced around, all the stuff she's talking about, that plays right into the first couple of episodes. It's a giant you, loop. You could have that element, but you could also, like, no. That ending, no. It gives away way too much. No. How, though? She's just talking shit. Unless I miss something. What did I miss? It's just her. It, oh no! The with, trajectory forget, of I, all of that is just no. It doesn't. That's right. With the no, I forget that I, I forget that the high priestess that's does what reign I'm supreme. Saying. I'm thinking Jim Malone as like I understand. I'm saying you could isolate maybe that that section yeah. possibly, but I even think that plays into it. Like there is structure to it. I guess is what I want to try and tell yeah. people. And if anything, if you do start this from the beginning, if you're not vibing with it by the end of the first episode. By stop. all means, tap Just out 110%. But if you are only solely struggling with the pace, get, Give through, it a get through episode two and get to episode three because that is where I feel like it becomes a show with a plot that you can wrap your head around and start to kind of like get the momentum of it. It actually has scenes with characters talking at a certain clip it's not oceans of silence between every line of dialogue okay yeah so i will yeah so if anything again if you really want to watch episode one if you were like eh, i don't know about this skip immediately to episode three four five then two six forward okay that's yeah. what i would recommend to people Men are terrible. Dude, what, Women are going to inherit this earth. That's all. That's that, all that is pretty that's the much entire, the, that's the entire and, and that's soul. basically what we want you to keep. Yeah, keep, just keep in remember, mind. Um, guys are fucking filthy animals. They're terrible pieces of to, shit. To and a, women will will to be make your salvation. a thirteen hour series that does have what I feel like is an incredibly strong, powerful, and important statement to make that does not fully reveal itself until seven to eight hours into it is a bit of an ask but i think is a journey worth going on because there will be bouts of the show where you struggle with what is or i'm saying some people this is not me i am fully in the bag for this all of the quote-unquote self-indulgent shit is like candy to me as mm -hmm. far as it goes to like wr i could watch a a 20-hour cut of the show gladly Gladly, okay? I'm fully on board for it. But there will be moments where you're struggling with what is the point of this? What is this achieving? Where is this going? It does have a point to it, I feel like. At the end of the day, it really does have something to say. It's worth getting to. That's kind of all I want to say about the show until... You and I come back to have a full on. Yeah, no, because there's a lot. I, let's break it down. I will. Pro I will tell you. There was a point where I was like, I fucking, I fucking wasted my goddamn time for this. 
Like I was, there was a couple points where I was highly pissed off at what I was watching, yes, and I was just and like, "Again, this because... motherfucker! If he hadn't made drive, I wouldn't <laughs> finish it out it's, and see, see what's happening the, here." Those moments that we don't even have to reference you know here what, on mic that I know exactly know, yes. what you're talking about, yes, are when I am like, "I I saw this. Uh, this makes natural sense because again, watch only God forgives, watch Neon Demon." And you will know everything you need to know about the trajectory of this show. I had the it's same all thoughts. right there. I had the same thoughts in those movies. And so when I had them watching what I watched, I was like, motherfucker, I'm back here. <laughs> but but I did it to myself. Like, you you, you baited, baited and switched in. the fuck out of me, man. Like, I, I fell for the neon and the, the, the synth and the gorgeousness of all of it. And here you are kicking me in the nuts. He, it's he knows what he's exactly. doing. He's, I mean... The fact that he is going to be in Death Stranding, <laughs> I, 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 it amazes catch, me. Did you catch, spoiler, spoiler, did you catch Kojima in this? Where? Okay, episode Don't, four. Spoilers for episode four. Where the fuck is Kojima spoilers in this? Spoilers for episode four. Martin, who has been doing hits for the local gang, gets tasked with killing a guy. And he's he's ha- he's at this point in the series having a bit of a change of heart of like I want to kill for a purpose I want it to mean something okay so instead of killing this guy outright he stops and asks him hey Damien wants you dead why he's like I owe him some money how like, much okay like ten ten k no eight thousand excuse me eight thousand eight k he's like all right yeah come with me you pr- you probably still need to get that money but so they take a little detour. To the Yakuza's. Yeah. A chapter of the Yakuza. And they go in and what he has to do to get the money is sacrifice not his entire pinky finger, just the top knuckle of it. Which, if you know anything about the Yakuza, that is the one thing you do because you are showing the shame you brought upon your your family leader, your house, you will gladly give up that. So... Okay, so he volunteers it. And the silent gentleman who steps up and wields the samurai sword, that's Hideo Kojima in a suit. What? Yeah. Holy fucking shit, dude. I did not realize that. That was one of my favorite episodes. Just because of like... we Because everything said Yakuza assassins. And I'm like, when are we getting to this? And they're there for that little bit. It is what it is. They aren't a big thing. But I just... Yeah, he did. Only God Forgives is like very Hong Kong, China. I want to see him do... It's Thailand. Thailand, sorry. But yeah. Excuse me. Thailand, whatever you want to call it. Bangkok has them now. Um, but I want to see like a, I want to see his version of like, I guess the cyberpunk game that's coming out or like a Blade mm-hmm. Runner or like something ridiculous. Like I want to see his Neo future, neon infused synth future where crazy I, shit I would, happens. But I have to go I, back and, I and look at that. Maybe you could see him eventually headed that direction because in a lot of ways, and this would be a nice place to end. I think Too Old to Die Young is about as strong a statement he could make on the current state of the world, essentially, and like all he really has to say about modern society. So I don't know really where there is for him to go thematically or narratively other than the future. (laughs) So, Well, are we going to get a future uh, with this, though? The dawn of innocence, if you will. Um, Yeah. I don't, I really don't think we're ever getting the second season of this unless, you know, Unless there's a turnaround in the response to it or something and there's a huge demand for it. But at the end of the day, this is a show for people who are already in the bag for him. This is not going to win any new converts. 
No. Really. You have to have a certain interest level to begin with, and even within that, I think there's going to be division between people who think that it was a worthy endeavor and a good use of their time and his time, and people who thought it was, uh, you know, overly indulgent and are totally out on him now, because that can definitely happen with people from time to time. Well, trust me, I was I, for, like, I mean, two episodes. I could tell you... I, I said as much from the from the get go. I was like, before the show even released, I was like, "This is." I can tell you, I'm gonna love it. Like, I just, I, that is my level of investment with him, and I kind of knew that, literally, from the first night when Only God Forgives was in New York and L.A. And I, I'll say this right here, illegally pirated it because I was never gonna be able to watch it in Colombia. I had already been told as much, and. So I watched it the first night it was available and read like, you know, I'd already read the can reactions where it had been booed and everything. And I was like, I think this movie's like a fucking masterpiece and a lot of people hate it. Okay. I think I just am on board for this guy. And that has held true pretty much ever since uh, through me seeing Neon Demon in the theater with one other guy <laughs> on opening weekend here in, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, yes, we are on board for NWR. Done. Already then. No, I no, have been Noah. <laughs> no, but I was, I was I've been, no, 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 okay. no, we can, we can write it all. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I, I, I do want to, I do. Thing. I, I think before we talk about this in more depth, maybe you want to rewatch some episodes in isolation, but I highly recommend go back and watch Only God Forgives. So I watched Drive. Before I started the series, Mm because my plan was to like go through the three most recent ones in order, Um, I I made it to drive, and then it released, and I was like, I'm not taking the time for Jewel to Die Young. And then as I'm watching the show, I'm like, I need to watch Jewel to Die Young again. Um, And so I, you mean only God forgives again? Yes, I totally do. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. So as soon as I finished Too Old to Die Young. I watched Only God Forgives, and then I watched Neon Demon like last night. So, uh, yeah, I think the, those what you, specifically. What do you, you haven't really talked about? What are you saying on Neon Demon? I love it. I mean, I'm totally in the bag for it. I, I think from if we're strictly talking movies and we're not including Too Old to Die Young in this, I think Only God Forgives is my favorite and his best. Uh, I think uh, Neon Demon is is up there around the like. Bronson Valhalla Rising territory and Drive is like scales back and forth between those because again it is kind of the anomaly it's the weird one where like his taste just happened to overline, overlap with the mainstream the for just a yeah. little bit mm-hmm. but even with it it's still 100% that is a an NWR movie it's just it was a little bit more approachable for some people but it's still a lot caught a lot of people off guard with the level of violence and the way it's like communicated to you so, yeah, I've been basically existing in this headspace while I was going through the series and since, but I'm just trying to keep the NWR vibes going, so I've been rewatching all of his stuff. Notably, I've only ever seen the first in the Pusher trilogy. They are all on Shudder right now. Yeah, I saw that. So that's that's the next thing on the docket for me, but I'm, I'm trying to stay in his wheelhouse for like until we have all of these definitive discussions we're planning to have. And you you're in the there's wheelhouse. A lot to unpack. You're in the wheelhouse with that when you're making the music you're making now, right? Like you have that entranced vibe of like Well, specifically like I the stuff I have made most recently like within the last week is literally just me trying to rip off Cliff Martinez and yeah. like do what he's doing. So, yeah, maybe I'll play some of that 
on the on, way out on the end of this episode. Play up, play up. Who did it better? Like you or like a who? Who is this? Is I it would a, never. Is this a Cliff Martinez or is it a Noah Blanchard? Like is it? Yeah, yeah. Just do I that. Label it. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, until well, you, bending not breaking. We'll be back, uh, of course, on Tuesday. I don't know when we'll be back again to discuss this, but we will definitely have more on Tool to Die Young. So we'll we'll call this Volume One of this discussion. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to be continued, I have been so we're Noah. Gonna have, we're going to have nine more episodes, right? Shut the Nine fuck. more conversations about this. Oh, <laughs> my God. Okay. All right. I have been Noah. And I've been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. Thank you for listening to the TV Arc, brought to you by the Arc of E Network. Have a fantastic week. That was terrible. I can't think of any cool things from that show to say <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no Thank you.